Hi, good evening. It's episode 10. We are at Jim Bob Cast. I'm Jim. And I'm Bob. 10 episodes in, old Bean. 10 episodes in. Numero dis. Nice, nice. A um, little bit of housekeeping, Bob, if you don't mind for me to start the evening with. Our heartfelt commiserations go out to the family and close friends of um, of Adon, actually, of the Liverpool um, managerial times of the uh, English Premier League, Gerard Houllier. The sad loss of Gerard Houllier passed away today. Yeah, it's... It's really sad that no age, seventy three. Yeah, no age, no, no age. age at all. He he was poorly, wasn't he? he had he had some moments in his Liverpool work. Uh, heart issues. He had to take a break for a, a, a number of games when mm. he was away. Then obviously our heartfelt feelings out to um, your loved ones and uh, Reswell Gerard. Also to our friends in Liverpool. There, you know, commiserations for that loss to you. Absolutely. Number two. Another loss. Fans in the stadium and quickly round the N4 roundabout and out again. Yeah, that's it. You know, obviously today announced uh, London moving into tier three, not, you know. And that means there's going to be no fans in the stadium on Wednesday night against Southampton. Arsenal announced that today, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think they're quite lucky, those fans that will get their money back, because if they'd have gone, they'd have watched a pile of crap <laughs> and they then wouldn't have got their money back, you know? Yeah, well, absolutely. And we'll get on to that very, very shortly. Let's just wrap up. We have had the Europa League uh, draw. <laughs> they suggested yeah. that Arsenal's performance was so poor last night that it basically left Matt Hancock with no alternative but to move <laughs> to move Arsenal into Tier 3. <laughs> uh, whilst crying twice on television. It's yeah. unbelievable, you know? Mm. I know. Yeah, I did. I didn't. I did not see that coming. I think he's. I thought he's been a bit of a ploughman, a bit of a dry lunch for uh, the past um, two hundred plus days that he's uh, appeared on our screens. But no fair play to the boy. So Bob, yeah, um, Europa League draw. Benfica. It's going to be tough. That is definitely not what we wanted. No. But then again, it's a number of months away, so we won't really preview the game too much because <laughs> uh, hopefully there could be some ins and outs by them. But it's one of those things, isn't it, when. You're having a bit of a shit time of it. It's kind of the one where you think, oh, you know, I'm just going to go for a good night out now and just, you know, get rest back on my laurels and a bird shit soon as you walk out your front door. It's a very interesting point, though. In the draw today, they mentioned Arsenal being in good form. In the Europa. But that's the thing. It's in the Europa League. So, So you could argue that we're actually in reasonable form for playing Benfica. And if we bring Thursday night to Thursday night, then who cares? Yeah, true. You know, but um, that said, he'll... It's proper opposition, though. And obviously, last time he faced uh, opposition with Klaus and Limiarkos. Obviously, it was uh, the start of um, of a bit of a downturn. I know you wanted to mention that Olympiakos point as we get into... Um, no doubt, we go down Rantsville, just off of Rant Close in uh, <laughs> Rantington uh, shortly. So, let's move on to the weekend. It was a home game. It was a must win. It was against lower opposition than us, of which there's only four sides or five sides at the moment. And it's seven fifteen. It was a seven fifteen on a Sunday, which the seven fifteen overture played once again. Yeah, uh, which has obviously been a uh, somewhat of an issue for us because we have played four games at seven fifteen on a Sunday now and lost all four of them. Dismal circumstances as well. So, look, it was Burnley one, Arsenal nil, or Arsenal nil, Burnley one. I had issues with the team selection off the bat. Again, no David Luiz. 
I'm not sure. I thought this cut had healed up and he's back in training. But then I read in the media this week, he and Arteta are at loggerheads. Maybe he's the one being goaded with the issues around um, the leaking of said um, playground politics at uh, the training ground, which I find hard to believe, actually. I thought this summer he played... He played his cards really well. We introduced William into the squad, which everyone at the time was excited about. They both grabbed Gabriel very quickly, bedded them in. He was doing one-to-one training with him. Gabriel's been a fine success. But that's an interesting point. His captain-like demeanour, maybe he's going, I'm not putting up with this. I want to be better. He's had a pre- reasonably successful career. yeah. So he wants a successful end to his career. So he's like, why am I putting up with this shit? That's why I'm leaking it, because people need to know. Potentially. Yeah, yeah, no, and... Allegedly. Yeah, exactly. And even if he isn't the one leaking it, it doesn't mean that he isn't a player who cares. And I do think that he is someone who... You know he celebrates with passion, and uh, when he when he scores his um, his occasional goals, and is somebody who looks like they they've actually he's taken on his Arsenal project and really wants to um, really wants to try and achieve something from it. So I would have liked to have seen him. I actually thought Holding had his best game in a while, even though he, he remained in the team. Gabriel still. Gabriel still solid. Uh, his distribution uh, failed in the second half. He he tried to play a couple of kind of you know, line-cutting passes and just didn't break through all uh, elements of the defence and they, they turned the ball over. I felt Tierney... Tierney had a good game. He had a much-improved game, yeah, back he did. to how he had played. And know? he had a little... <clears throat> that, that little thing that I hadn't seen that I critiqued him of last week, he had that little yard of pace. He he dropped his shoulder, just got outside and, and, and whipped good, the ball in. Some good crosses into the box. Yeah, to which... Um, you know our players don't get in the end so of. We've but mentioned three defenders. Yeah, you've left um, you've left Messrs Hector Bellerin out. Bellerin, well, he's he's suspended for the Southampton game, which I can only see as a good decision. I saw someone uh, tweet um, Bellerin and Jack are both out for the next game, to which I responded saying this is the best news to come out of the uh, medical team at Arsenal for months. Yeah, really, it was really really good. I am pleased that. Bellerin won't be playing. But I think he's going to pick Maitland-Niles there and he's not going to play Cedric, which would be odd as well against his former employer. If anyone knows how they operate, it would be him. I think it depends on what formation he plays, but yeah, he probably will end up doing it because for whatever reason. So Bellerin's out. Look, he had a poor game. He, he was getting... Um, uh, the, the guy, McNeil, was overlapping him time and time again. He, positionally, he looks um, out of place. His deliveries into the box weren't great. His distribution wasn't great. Uh, he didn't make a foul throw, so let's give him a pat on the back for that. Uh, With news coming out today that Jesse Nelson has left Middle Mix, I'm thinking... Middle Mix? Little Mix. <laughs> you heard me first time. I'm just saying, why don't Hector just hang up his boots and go and join the band? You know, he's he's wanted to be in a boy band, you know, ever since One Direction, you know. Just, just let him go and do it. Let him go and be his model character, you know, walking on the catwalks. Just, it's time. He, I am up to here, uh, as I'm showing you with my hand by my top of my forehead. Your noble brow. I am up to here with Bellerin, and he is just, he is shocking. And I just think the time is to... I would move him on in January. I would certainly seek some suitors for him and see if I can move him on. With Maitland-Niles in the team, with Cedric there, I think at right back we have enough. Yeah, I think we have. I think we've got enough at right back to um, to move there. Maitland-Niles can cover. Um, I, I don't... Yeah, I have, no, I have no issue there. Chambers can play right back. Yes, 
And he, yeah, he played amicably against Dundalk last he week. He did. He had a very good game coming back, I thought. Yeah, he did. So, um, you know, look, that's not worked. Moving to the midfield. Okay, yep. midfield, that fuck, Xhaka. <laughs> he, he, we talked last week about his reintegration into the team and how Arsenal did well with that and how badly they dealt with his exodus, if you will, or stripping of the captaincy. Yeah. No, they, they did fucking brilliantly. They should have sacked him and moved him on then. This bloke... You said it to me earlier on. It's a needless challenge. You know, he does one of these silly tackles where he stops play. Okay, that might have stopped a break. Brilliant. But then to have the audacity, using your words again, to grab the bloke by the throat. What is he, what is he playing at? It's <laughs> utterly at that. I said to you today, and I firmly believe this, up until that point, I'd seen us play brighter than we'd done previous games. We were going to win on Sunday. We would have won on Sunday if it wasn't for that fucking prick getting sent off. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm using bad language, but I am seething from it because we were in control at that point in time. I don't like using the word dominated when you keep losing. You cannot dominate on one hand and get fisted on the other hand. <laughs> you know, it just don't add up. So I'm not going to use that word, but we were going to win. We were beating Burnley. I would have even banked... Aubameyang was looking brighter at that point. So I might have put money on Aubameyang beating his... Well, scoring at the right end. And I was winning. I definitely would have done. But then he goes and gets sent off needlessly. You know, when Pepe got sent off needlessly, there was all of this furore around it. Well, he, he suffered some severe racial slurs. I mean, oh. vo vulgar. I actually thought in comparison... Arteta's interview wasn't half as harsh on, uh, you know, he he went for Pepe naming him and shaming him in his interview after the game. But maybe that's because Pepe knows better and he's made a silly mistake, whereas Xhaka's just an absolute knob. Yeah, but you don't, you have to treat them as individuals in their, in, in their moment. And at the point in which Pepe got sent off, Alioski had taken him down a couple of times. He was niggling around him. They knew that he'd be a threat and they tried to minimalise it by getting in his head, which which they successfully did. Well, Xhaka's just gone and done it himself. Whereby Xhaka has taken the lad down, which was a warranted yellow card. You know, they've rolled over together, which I think he didn't like. Then got up, then another guy comes in and then he throttles him with, with, a, with rage in his face. I mean, when I they mean, read you the see stools, Lacazette throws him to the floor to say, get out. Yes, um, but they just can't get to him quick enough. And he's got venom in his face. Well done for Lacazette for doing that. He was in there in the mix sorting this stuff out where you would normally expect another captain to be, but we'll come on to that point. But the rage at that point, you know, where, where can your head be at where the first 15 minutes of that second half, I think we'd had three shots on target, we were starting to mass some serious pressure, we were on top after being on top um, at the back end of the first half as well, and then... To make what I used to call like a sensible foul, they're the ones that the clever midfielders make sometimes, if you think a threatening break is being embarked upon. And then to go complete overload... Maybe he insulted the Toblerone. <laughs> the orange Toblerone. Yeah, maybe he insulted, yeah, you know, he just mentioned that the orange Toblerone was ah, a poor being choice. Swiss, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, chocolate is dear to him. But, I mean, I can't... Um, the rage in his face, it's so aggressive... I just I can't I can't forgive that behaviour honestly and and then what followed that 
it was completely amateur. From It was amateur from Xhaka. I thought the management of the remaining 35 minutes from Arteta was amateur. I thought his coaching staff around him uh, offered nothing. I think they all looked like rabbits in the headlights. And the team just fell to shit. And absolutely bottom fell out of it. Totally agree with you, James. And... Deitch, at that point, was ready to barrow down the hatches and just sort of, like, we can get out of here with a point, um, even though they've lost the man. We probably didn't write that in on our plot chart to get to 40 and survive. So let's just see if we can just cull this this domination or this, or this period of play and then just, you know, just see this thing out. And then they just dropped the back four and then the little bank in front... Then he pulls Lacazette off for Ceballos. Dick move. Oh, I just don't understand why he did that. There is, there's nothing in my mind that can compute. Because Lacazette was bright. And the defensive part of his game is not without merit. It's quite, it's quite solid. He gets stuck in Lacazette, puts his foot around. You know, he, he's happy to go to ground in a tackle. Like he, he actually can defend a bit. And when he does... Nick Elements the, of leadership about him as well on the pitch. Um, and I think, I think that's probably why he's been the person they've picked to transpire into this 10, because he has got a bit more ability in that. He in, was captain, captain on Thursday, captain-like. He was probably one of our better players on the park yesterday. He's having a little run where he's doing, um, you know, above average in comparison to what else is around him. So so that happens, Bob. And then... And this... By the way, I, I want to come back to... I cannot believe... Arteta has fucked that totally by subbing Lacazette. It popped our balloon, all changed. Unbelievably poor substitutions yeah. throughout that match. We made... The wrong substitutions at the wrong time. At the moment, at the point, he took Lacazette off. He had no substitutions made. He had a full quota of subs to choose from. Mm -hmm. I don't believe at that moment in time that taking off Lacazette was the right thing. And what, and what did I say to you earlier? I said, why spunk your load? Just just see what happens. Just, just contain it a bit for 10 minutes. Try and keep your shape and still see if you can still get a chance or two on goal. You've still got Lacazette, Williams, Saka and Aubameyang on the I mean, pitch. there was other decisions to make. He could have been tactically, you know, I said this to you earlier on and I, I also said that I'm no football mastermind. No. But tactically, there was other options to him. He could have moved Tierney inside and played a three at the back, taken Bellerin off not Lacazette, brought on Maitland-Niles, played with wing-backs with Maitland-Niles and Saka, Saka yep. still had the midfield with bringing Willian in on the inside and bringing those players in. But then you could have sacrificed at that point Willian for Ceballos. Willian would have been more, more sacrificial yes. than Lacazette. That would have been... Because Willian, again, was poor. Yes, he was. His delivery into the box started to... Um, had a bit more whip and a bit more character about it. But they're still not picking people out. And Would you have said Lacazette was our best attacking player today? Um, brightest yeah. attacking player. Yeah, brightest, absolutely. And I think he's adding an element of pace to a front line. I was happy to see a bit of a spring in the step of a Bamiang again. But yeah, I think I think Lacazette did everything he should yesterday other than score from eight yards. He should have done better there. You know, that It's he... a good save from point blank, you know? Yeah, but there was a lot of goal to aim at. I, I think he should have done much better. But yes, I, I heard a commentator say he shouldn't have allowed a good save to happen. He should have just been out of... Yeah. Um, Pope's reach, which I agree. Alan with. Smith said that. Okay, there you go. I like I like Smudge. Can I, 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 I'm, I'm just referring to my notes from yesterday's game. It was brilliant to have Alan Smith in the commentary, but it's much more relaxing listen to somebody that 
You know, he's a good commentator, Smith. Whilst he has Arsenal background, he's not overly biased towards them. No. Whereas in previous weeks, you've got Neville and Redknapp just stamping on Arsenal's... But, but rightly so at the moment, because they're not used to seeing an Arsenal team, you know, just capitulate like this. So I, so we go, we carry on going through the game, Bob. He makes a sub, which brings Sabahs into the game, removes Lacazette, which I think actually removes all elements of penetration into into the final third. Now, I made a point to you earlier. That move for me feels like he was just trying to sure a point up as well because he's lost a player. Now, I hold refuge here with the senior management and board that they haven't told him that Unai was sacked with 18 points after 13 games. This is actually this is a this is a must win game. You have to win this game. Then you have Southampton Wednesday because there will be people out there doing the analysis that said a year on, you've underperformed in comparison to Emery. But if you've got two wins back to back, we can just say, well, you can't stop a winning, you know, you can't you can't stop a trend. So let's see how far it can go. You've now lost to Burnley. It's impossible. Even if you beat Southampton 100 nil, you've got 16 points after 13 games. So either the board have now got a soft underbelly or something's going wrong because the best case scenario is he'll have 16 points after 13 games. And that, as we found out last year, is sacking form. You have to also remember that Emery was a win away from winning the Europa League to Champions League football and a win away in the league for getting Champions League football. Point via, away, essentially, wasn't it? Yeah, via, um, via fourth place. So the merit that he, or the points or the credit that he'd stored from the season previous meant that you've got, you, you got 13 games into the next season. You, you're, on the, you're on the retreat. See you later, pal. I've said this time and time again, and I'm going to bring it up now because I think it's important now we look at this. Lockdown saved our season. Coming back in June, July, brought pillars like Tierney back, changed the dynamic of Arsenal Football Club. Yeah. And that's why we won the FA Cup. That's why we put in some good performances. Mm-hmm. If, that, if that had continued... Back in March, and we'd have finished in May as regular. Sheffield United would have beaten us. We only narrowly beat them in the last minute to go through as it was. Which was a Sabayas goal, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but we wouldn't have gone through. We wouldn't have won the FA Cup. We would have finished there or thereabouts, possibly lower than where we ended up finishing. Uh, you know, it's, it's, potatoes, potatoes. Yeah, it's all assumptions. But, I mean, look, he... You know, we finished eighth under him in the end and the league form didn't drastically improve. You know, but this, the FA Cup was a fine run and, you know, we won he the... He got com- beaten by Olympiacos, you know, yeah. to suggest he's some sort of cup guru. He got knocked out and away goes by Olympiacos in such a poor way as well. Yeah, that was dreadful. That was really soft. It wasn't even like, oh, they're falling up after the first leg. Arsenal have won the second leg for all, but there's an away goal in there somewhere. Hmm. You know, it's not even like that. It was just a dreadful result, a shock goal at the wrong time. It was a bad result. So it makes me think the problem had been ongoing previously and we've allowed the the summer, the summer of 2020. So on that point, if that's known to them and they know that there's some weaknesses throughout that squad... Arteta would have Arteta would have had months to identify that because he gets to do all of the technical reviewing and all of the work in lockdown and then start seeing games and then still not to go into the window this summer and get the targets that you need. 
Well, so they I, did. They did have a. I hear. A, what, I hear what you're saying, but they still underperformed in a transfer window when you make all those points. So again, who's culpable for this fucking shit shit housery? Well, it certainly wasn't Mertesacker because he was at the game playing on his phone. Yeah, that was fucking how can, ludicrous. How are that's he's a member of the senior management structure at Arsenal or senior coaching staff. Yes, the head of youth development. Yes. And he was on his phone playing a game. So allegedly. we are led to believe, yeah. But he certainly wasn't watching the game. He said he wasn't paying attention. You know, but the way it, that's that is a piss poor attitude from people above in the team. Now, I just want to finish the game and then we we because we have to we've made a point to say what next for Arsenal. So you know, we're at 60 minutes now. We've pulled Lacazette off. You know, Sabahs has come on. The, the spark was starting to, you know, the embers were dying out of the flame. Then after having what I thought was quite a productive game, good running, facing the opposition up, creating large, large, large pockets of space for Xhaka in the first 50 minutes until he became a total fuckwit. Just going back to his sending off. Sorry, James. My memory... Lacazette threw him to the floor. He then got back off the floor and throttled the bloke. So he's already been told by his teammates, don't be a twat, get away. And then he goes and does it. Well, you know, like I say, with the, you know, with the growl in his face, you can't, you just, you just can't prescribe to that. I said to you earlier, when we were having a bit of a debrief, I've never in my days seen someone get a yellow card for for the right foul and then be that petulant to then convince the refereeing staff to overturn it with a moment seconds later, which is double the purpose of the first challenge, and then say, no, 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 I'm putting my yellow back because what you did 20 seconds after the first one was twice as bad, so it's now a red card. It's almost like you're in court for uh, speeding and the judge has given you a, a reasonable fine with no points and you're just about to get away with it, and you turn around and call the bloke a prick, and next thing you know, you've got a year driving ban. That's exactly <laughs> what he's done. You know, the yeah. he'd got away with something that was... He didn't get away with it. Well, he, no, he was he rightfully, he's rightfully got a yellow card for a bad tackle. He then just decided to say, I just want an early bath. And because with VAR now, you just do not get to do these sorts of things, and you get away with them. Does he have Christmas off now? He gets three games off. I think he is back for Boxing Day. You get Southampton and uh, Everton. And then, does the League Cup count towards his ban? I don't know. I think it might do. But if it don't, he gets Boxing Day off. Uh, if it doesn't, he gets Boxing Day I think he misses off. Chelsea. Unbelievable. You know, there's there's a lot of players that do, that have seasonally... So you've got Southampton on the 16th. Everton on the 19th, and then, yes, it will either be uh, City, he'll miss City in the League Cup, which I think I think it does qualify. Well, we'll see. And then if not, he'll be back for Chelsea, or he'll be back for Brighton on the 29th. Oh, joy. Let's see if he's back at all. Well, yeah, if uh, if, if he's not been exiled, which um, we can all pray for, I'll, I'll put it on my list of Santa. So, uh, we're going through the motions, Bob. We're 70 minutes in. Then all of a sudden, I just started to say... Elneny was having a, a more than fine game, doing the running that he does in the way that he does it. His distribution was also fine, and his legs were good. Then he has a fucking moment of petulance, which is completely out, out of the ordinary as well. And the only thing that has saved him there is that the ball is dead, 
Because he has handed off a player like as if you're watching an amateur game of rugby and he's just handed the guy down and taken him off his feet. Mm-hmm. And and I actually don't know how that's been over, not overturned and isn't a red card, to be honest. That was tight. I would have... I, I mean, if I was a Burnley supporter or Sean Dyche, I think I would be going batshit. I mean, that it, it, it was a straight hand in the face. Yeah. I mean, and after seeing what happened to Xhaka, I mean... And the thing is, what that what that does, I mean, it doesn't change anything with how the goal happened because it was off that resulting corner kick. It was, yeah. That they, well, we scored on behalf of them. But it changes the whole flow. It changes how a defence feels because they know they've got people looking at them because they just got away with something. And it just... It could just change the mentality of the side. People go to sleep. They're waiting to see what happens. VAR comes back. Then all of a sudden, whistle goes. He takes the corner corner quickly. Aubameyang sort of... Well, it's, it's, it's a very good set piece, you know, because he's... He leaps like a salmon and nods it in. Yeah, and, and but he, it's right in the danger area. And then, you know... I mean, no, Arteta's right. If you, then keep got no cross, if you keep crossing in the box, you're going to score goals. <laughs> You know? Just not sure what net. Twat. And then the game fizzled out. They just saw the game out after there. You know, you look, if you review it and you try and be you you try and be neutral. Pope was Pope was arguably their best player along with their number eight. I think his name's Brown Brownhill. He had a very good Josh game. Josh Brownhill. I mean Chris yeah. Wood missed the sitter earlier. He early did. On. That header was it that was a free header. It was a free he header. Should have scored. Yes. You know, that was a that was arguably an easier chance than the one we looked at Lacazette for missing. Really? Yeah, I think so. Lacazette had players across him in the box and everything. This Chris Wood just had to nod it in the goal. You know, if Chris Wood hits the target, for all due respects, it's his calls. Mm. You know, because Leno's pulling off a wonder to save it. Mm. A wonder save. You know, with, with, from that level, at that distance, and you know, and a header from across like that, bang, it's in. Yeah. You know, so that's a great save if that happens. Touche, you know. The thing is, the players didn't give anything, you know. They didn't give anything for the team. They didn't give anything for Arteta, you know. Do you think that's right? Do you not? Yeah, I don't think they gave a thing. The players are not giving anything. But on a Thursday night, the players are giving everything. I think that's results-driven. I, I thought there was a, a much higher level of intensity in um, in the first 60 minutes than there was against Spurs for the 90 minutes. Yes. So, so they're giving something in retrospective effort there, but I think the productivity that, or the output in the way in which they're set up is poor. You know, I, I do not buy into the strategy or the technical coaching that's gone into the way in which he wants these guys to play. I mean, it's not picking form players. There are players playing Thursday night that are in form. They are playing to a better standard than those that are playing in the Premiership. He's not picking them. For whatever reason, he's ignoring their selection. He's given Willock one minute against Leeds. I mean, he was taken off because of the the, the, the Pepe off. incident. Mm. But he played Willock in that game. Willock did nothing wrong. Don't play him. Yeah, I mean, look, I've said to you a few times, I'd like to see the team on Thursday play on a Sunday. I'd like to see the team on Sunday play on a Thursday. But, you know, we've run out of league games in Europa now. He had two games, really, to have as trial match or pre-season friendlies, if you like, because after winning four in four. And I find it really bizarre that he's not tried to play Aubameyang back into form in those games because it worked with Lacazette. It did work with Lacazette bringing him in for the last two. He seems to be one of the brightest. The, the game against Vienna was probably the perfect opportunity to play Bamiang because 
uh, it was playing at home. It would so therefore plan on a decent track. I mean, if you looked at the quality of the pitch in Dundalk, you know, you wouldn't want to play, roll an ankle, you know, because yeah. the, the, the increased chance of an injury is there. Mm. But no, he's not picking the form players, and that's something I take issue with, and that's something that has to lay at his door. Mm. Totally, James. The team selection week after week on a Saturday or Sunday. He's, he's not picking it correctly. He's not doing it right. You know, <clears throat> how players are getting in that team over other players. He's picking them because of their status, because he wants to save face. Oh, William will come good. I'll keep playing him because we, we pushed through the signing. He's not picking the right players, mate. And that's what's causing... That's where a lot of our issues are. The form players aren't getting picked. So the game finished 1-0... I think a lot of the cynical fans would have, you know, oh, I saw it coming, you know, because it's easy to kick a team when they're down. We both predicted wins, albeit scrappy wins. And my 1-0 Lacazette wish, you know, almost or should have come true. But what next? You know, you've got Southampton in 48 hours. So I never thought I'd actually say this. I am concerned and worried about playing Southampton at home. Well, they've always been a bogey side for us. I'm worried about playing Southampton at home. Well, they're, they're fourth I've in the never... league, Bob. They're two points off top. They're, they're in form. It doesn't matter about particular players. And ever since Leicester won the league in 15, 16, you have to respect every single team in the league now. I've and, never said that, though, James. And uh, I, know, I know you have, but I'm saying a third of the way into the season, you know, they are two points off top. They are in form. The guy there is getting a tune out of them. Danny Ings has been in good goal-scoring form now for two seasons, two and a bit seasons. The lad Ward-Prowse looks like a really promising player. I'm surprised he's not, uh, Southgate's not had more of a look at him. Got Fia Walcott back, wearing tracksuit bottoms. Yeah. Uh, You can't wear trousers to play football. Not when there's people like Tierney who don't believe in jumpers in the same league. It's such a gulf between the two. (laughs) You know, and he'd have to mark him. Can you imagine the conversation? <laughs> what are you doing? Um, <laughs> I haven't won a jumper since I was seven at a party. And that was when I went to Lapland with the school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah I mean, I mean, John Barnes famously wore some level of tight stroke trouser, didn't he? Yes, there was... Um, I very first saw it, the Rangers goalkeeper. Was it Andy Gorham? Andy Gorham. He used to wear trousers under his shorts. You know, Andy Gorham, when he had his cartilage operation, they actually replaced it with the cartilage from a sumo wrestler. Christ, there you go. (laughs) They did, they did indeed. Fine, okay, one of Bob's facts there, hashtag Bob's facts. So look, Southampton, they've got their, you know, they've got themselves together. Their form suggests that they're going to be tough opposition. They dismantled a team, didn't they? 9 zil. Did they no, not? they got battered 9-0. No, they, they? Oh, that's, sorry, that's it. They um, they got battered 9-0 and are still two points off top. So their record must be formidable by that game. I mean, Southampton are in much better form than us, ridiculously. And we are in pr- the worst form in our top flight history. This is dreadful. It's. I mean, Southampton lost 9-0 and still have a goal difference of positive 7. Have they lost 9-0 this season? To Villa, wasn't it? No, the Villa beat Liverpool 7-2. I don't think Southampton got beat 9-0 this year. I'm just having absolute moments. It's all right, James. It's been a tough testing time. 
you know, Southampton... Oh, sorry, it wasn't this year. They lost 5-2 to Spurs. They beat 9-0 by Leicester a couple of years ago, didn't they? So they lost their first two games of the season. 1-0 to Palace, 5-2 to Spurs. Beat Burnley 1-0, West Brom 2-0. Drew Friel with Chelsea. Beat Everton 2-0. Beat Villa 4-3. Beat Newcastle 2-0. Drew 1-0 with Wolves. Lost 3-2 to Man United. Beat Brighton 2-1. And then beat Sheffield United 3-0. You know, they got Shea Adams... They've got Danny Ings. And they've not struggled to score against top sides. Maybe not coming out favourable in the opposition, but two on Spurs, three on Chelsea, two on United. Yeah, they're scoring goals. Two on Everton. Scoring goals. And that's that's like we're not. And that's worrying. Yeah, exactly. I never thought it'd be so hard, did you? So, no, I don't know where I pulled that 9-0 thing out. You said slap me on the wrist and just pardon my, uh, pardon my manners. But... I, I am concerned about it. They come they come here probably thinking as well, like, oh, we've caught these guys right at the right time. Like, there's no better time to play them. You know, let's keep the momentum going. And I think that's the case. Sometimes when you get a team that's in a bad run of form, you know they will click one day and they've got to turn it around. But if you look at this Arsenal side at the moment, the way that the fans are, not fans, the players are, you don't see that change in any time soon. You know, well, one of the things that I would be worried about if I was Southampton an hour before kickoff, if, I, if we announce our lineup and it's full of youngsters, then I'd be more worried then about the game. Mm. I would love him to do that and mix it up, but <laughs> he's got nothing to lose by doing it. Well, now that's half my problem. Now we move into this then. So, what next for Arsenal? Why the fuck has he got nothing to lose? Because if he can manage 12 games and only amass 13 points in that time and he isn't being told, change this shit yesterday or you're out on your ass, and we won't fucking pay down the rest of your contract and you can try and take us to fucking court. You know, I, I know that probably won't work. And uh, and he's bound by his uh, he's bound by his contract win, lose or draw. But he should, they should be saying we will sack you this early into your managerial career. It is inexcusable for Arsenal to have played twelve games and have thirteen points and be in the <coughs> five points off relegation, eight points off the top four in December. You can kind of excuse it in South, in September. You know, because three or four games, and you know, like Emery did, he pulled, he pulled uh, City, City and Chelsea, Chelsea first two games. Yeah, so you're like, you know, we're bottom, okay. But I think he was top for 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 a week or something. Five um, minutes. The fact that he there is no pressure on him. The fact that you know, was it sixty four days ago or something or ninety something days ago, he promoted him to manager. The whole way that. He don't look like he's going to get sacked. He's getting. He's not even getting like proper backing from the board, like a proper vote of confidence. <sighs> James, it's. I'm not ever going to jump on the bandwagon of a manager out, but I don't see how Arteta can make the changes necessary to improve our fortunes. Okay, you can blame the players and the recruitment and everything like that, but if the manager, I mean Arteta. He's he's young in his career, so there's going to be tactical naivety. You know, he's shown on occasions uh, maybe some tactical ineptness. But then there's also his stubbornness around a lot of his things. He's a very, he seems a very stubborn man. There are lots of players within the club backing him, lots of players within the club not backing him. And you can you can say from Tierney and Gabrielle coming out today, they come out today in quite gusto. Mm. 
Obviously, Tierney was in the post-match interview as well. But you don't see, you know, where is our captain? Where is Aubameyang in all of this? He is not, to use cricket parlance, anywhere near playing a captain's innings. Forget his goal scoring. Forget that part of his game. I'll allow a striker the ability to not score. But a captain to fail to lead in any... We have always been lucky at Arsenal to have had captains of stature. Well, I players of stature. I don't we haven't always been lucky with that sort of thing. That that mantle stopped at Vieira and then Wenger started picking the best player in the team to lead by example, which is what has happened in this instance. The best player of the team has followed up and been captain. So Vieira and Adams were stalwart captains, absolute leaders of men. Frank McClintock going back in time. Yeah, exactly. And then post that, you had Fabregas was captain for a long period whilst he was the best player in the team, but led by example, but then actually grew into a real captain. He was a captain-like figure. I don't believe uh, the same thing about Van Persie. I think um, I think Koscielny was a very quiet captain. Um, Henri. Henri. And subsequently... Xhaka was not the. Uh, I think he. I think he tried to be a leader of men, but I think he's just. Um, well, you heard of what Patrice Evra said yesterday about when he was round Henri's house and Henri turned it off on him. What's Patrice Evra doing? He's twice now. You shouldn't be on TV saying things like he, that. He's very. He dropped the David Moyes and his daughter bomb, didn't he? Yeah. <clears throat> which was, um, he, he just don't give a shit. You know, maybe that, he, Roy Keane don't give a shit, but he don't give a shit about nice things. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, but, I do actually really enjoy Roy Keane. Yeah, I mean, Everett, I don't I don't necessarily think Everett should be saying things like that. Albeit... Thierry will back this story up, by the way. Yeah, he has yeah. come out today and said, that's true, actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's unreal, isn't it? Yeah. But then... You know, Aubameyang, I, I, I don't think that there was a load of leadership qualities that were in his game. He was he was a showman. Uh, you know, that's what they bought from Dortmund with the um, with the exquisite goal scoring record and the, um, the flips when he scores, the Black Panther and the Batman uh, celebrations and the extrovert cards and stuff. But then he came into the side. He was the best player on the team, and he was maybe the obvious choice to replace Shaka. Because it's a lead from example by scoring goals, and and that is what he did, and that that made him a good captain at at those times. Now now he has amassed three goals in fifteen games this season. You know, it's you don't see him. Come on, guys. You know what I mean? There's no like lifting of it. He hasn't got a crowd to play on, which must be tough. But you've got ten men to raise amongst yourself and just and just pull everybody together. And it's missing its heritage now, Arsenal. There's there's no Ramsey there, there's no Wilshire there, there's nothing through the old archive of players that have spent um, a prolonged period of time there. Now I think Holding might be the oldest player in it. Or he, Bellerin. Uh, be holding Bellerin. is our longest serving player. Mm, our, for it, first team. It must be Bellerin. Has to be Bellerin. No, I think for if you look at since they've been in first team, I believe he's been in the first team longer than Bellerin. Okay, Bellerin would have been at the club longer, almost definitely. Yeah, but you know the obvious captain for me there is Louise. 
He is the obvious captain, I think, within that team. I've always liked a centre-back who's a captain anyway, to see everything in front of them. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough, Bob. Look, the, the players have to do better. They're paid extortionate amounts of money. They have got extortionate amounts of accolades between all of them in various different spectrums, what they've earned at the club and what they've earned um, at other clubs and come in. Like I say, they are amongst the highest paid in the league, just looking at Arsenal's wage bill against other clubs. They have to pull their shit together and give something back, not just to the manager, just to the club, just to the crest that they wear on their on their chest. That deserves so much more. The manager is being petulant. He is showing signs of immaturity. He's showing he's showing signs of being very raw in a managerial position. I think one of my grievances about having a coach who this is actually one of my grievances about the club. Arteta, this is his first coaching role. Edu, this is his first big club technical director I know. He was at Corinthians, but it's a completely different prospect. And prior to Arsenal, he was at Brazil with a national squad. Well, when you're dealing with a national squad, you are dealing with squad submissions and player management, which he has now promoted Arteta to manager. So he now looks after all of that with his team. And he's really in charge of the director of football um, element, which is player in, player out, and player contract. Now... You would not have experienced something at Brazil doing that because it's an international side. So you don't get in the underbelly of dealing things like that. Vinay Vinkateshian's been at the club a decade. He joined Arsenal, though, from a non-footballing background. He was involved in the committee that brought um, the London 2012 Olympics together and has then grown into multiple roles. He's been managing director, then chief commercial officer, now chief executive officer. But... Again, I don't see his footprint being installed amongst the amongst the football club. I think he comes out of a very positive note. I'm so glad to work with Ivan. I'm so glad to work with Rao. I'm now so glad to work with Edu. Well, who the fuck aren't you glad to work with? And if you're CEO, you are here. You are the upper echelon. Everyone is beneath you. And unfortunately, you're the prick that no one likes because you have the beauty of being able to never get fired but you can hire and fire everyone underneath you. And you are the epitome of what must happen, especially in an entertainment sector, of a, re- of a results-based business. And then above you, the beautiful moustache-wearing, gun-slinging, you know, yank that is Mr. Stan Kroenke. And his boy, let's get excited. Let's get excited, Kroenke Jr., And I hold so much umbrage with that family. They have squeezed everything out of this fan base. Tens of thousands of people who have spent so much of their money that a lot of them probably didn't have to spend. It is, as you know full well, it is extremely expensive being a fan of a football club. Season tickets, travel, food and drink, shirts, merchandise, travel abroad. You have to earn a really good living, actually, to be that devoted to a football club. Yeah, you do. And then to see a decade and a half of ownership that has got the same net spend as it has taken out of a football club in management fees is is fucking disgraceful. It actually, it guts me to my core. And that level now, need to see where this club is at, at a point in time in December, the next week or two weeks will determine where Arsenal go into a new year in one of their weakest positions in the last three or four decades and say, we have managed this football club into utter turmoil. And the only way, unfortunately, in modern day football that you can get out of this is seriously hard investment. 
because there's not enough time to coach your way out of it. When Klopp came in for the rebuild at Liverpool, they still sustained in and around top six football and they were able to move people on, but build it around stalwarts like Gerard. Gerard finished his career under Klopp, you know, and they had a legacy to hand over. You know, Manchester United, have they've had their moments where they've sunk to 12th, but then they finished in the Champions League places. Even under Mourinho, when people have said, oh, is his worst stint as a manager, he'd won a triple at Man United uh, and won the Europa, the Europa League. League. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and my issue is, is that I think you can bring one new-blooded person in. I've got to let you talk because my mouth's getting dry. But you can bring one new person in and bed him in nicely and that, that, now you're part of the furniture. Now we just need to go and get a little two-piece for the other side of the fireplace. Now we've got the armchair and the three-piece. Lovely little nudge. But you've gone new manager, new technical director, CEO who's cutting his teeth in a row, and an inactive, that's the nicest possible way I can describe these fuckwits, an inactive owner. So the whole management to upper management level is so raw in a ruthless, gutless industry. Honestly, an industry that just flips on you. It doesn't give a fuck about your legacy or your league titles or your 125-year culture and heritage. It's tomorrow that matters. It doesn't give a shit. Every transfer window, every transaction, every move the club makes has to be further forward than its competitors. Otherwise, it's eat or get eaten. And they, people have just fucking feasted on us for years. Yeah, it's every element from top to toe is wrong at this football club. And it's wrong. And that's, that's where the, the problems are. You know, you can replace Arteta tomorrow. You know, you can do that. You can replace Arteta and Edu tomorrow. But you're in almost back in the same thing. You know, if, if true these rumours that Balogun's adios and he's off, that's another contract of another player that they're letting slip through. You know, it's not always about buying a player. It's about keeping the ones that are good. And that bloke is a prospect, mm. you know. And then your manager, you know, I, I said it, a minute ago, I can't see Arteta changing this. I think the time is there where a decision needs to be made on what this football club is going to do. So, I, so, I can't... so in addition to that, I don't doubt that he hasn't got ability. I think people have spoken seriously highly of him. He's been cultured at Arsenal under Wenger when he started doing his badges. And then his first employer was Pep Guardiola. Two fine managers with fine records and fine honours to their name. But but taking over Arsenal at the time in which he has done, this is such a huge project. I, 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 and him I, and Edu have gone through other people that have potentially put oars in the way. Raoul's gone. Husfami. Husfami's Sven gone. Mislintat. All gone, 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 gone. You know, a ruthless, uh, almost, you know, light of the night of the long knives style of removal of players. You know, Meza Ozil. Players. William you know. Saliba, £30 million we paid for him. And if you believe what you read, he's not in Arteta's plans. He will not play for Arsenal's first team in what they consider their European or Premier League side whilst Arteta's in charge at the moment. Which is baffling because Fortuna, I believe his name is, who came from St Etienne over to Leicester, has been a revelation. And the Fofana. Fofana, sorry. 
if you believe some of the things you read in um, the league pundits, they say that you know he was the understudy to Saliba. Saliba was the leader in that back uh, in in that yeah. back too. I yes, and this goes back to my point about Arteta's stubbornness, his his lack of wanting to change and play players. He's he's picking the wrong players, uh, and that's not just me because I don't like a player or I, or I like a player more. That's looking at, actually, they're not playing very well. They don't look happy. They look miserable. So what do we do, Bob? You're, you know, you play that game. You're in charge. You've got 22 days, I think, until the transfer window opens. What can you possibly think that Arsenal can can produce between now and February the 1st that can potentially start the decline Leveling off and then starting to, you know, get back on the incline, get back towards break-even point. They have to. Firstly, I don't like Sanus, but I think they need to change the manager. Okay, and then they need a net spend in the next window of seventy million pounds. Seventy million net spend. Yes, because I am moving on players as well. They probably need to spend somewhere in the region of about one hundred and twenty million pounds in January. Okay. So you, you think that you've got a hundred million pounds worth of assets you can sell? No, I, I think we, we we need to sell on. We need to be ruthless in who we sell. You know, Jack has gone for me. Mm-hmm. From a personnel point of view, I would be looking at selling an asset in Lacazette. Even though I've said he was bright at the weekend, yeah, he's, he's coming to, to the end. Come good, but he's he coming, coming to the end of his contract, contract. so I wouldn't resign. I him. think you got twenty million in Jacker, twenty million in Lacker. 20 million for Bellerin. I'd sell him. There's 60 million. I think you might get 60 million million plus my net spend of 70 million. That gives you 130. I think you might get 5 million for Mustafi. I think think you've got to give Urzo away. Um, Give Socrates away. Yeah, he's dead now. I mean, not literally, but I mean, you know, he's dead to the football club. I think, you know, his contract's up as well in the summer. I. I might even consider. I don't know what the. At this point in time, I'd sell a Bamiang. Yeah. Too much rests on his shoulders and there's not enough balance in the side. And looking at the teams that have played in the previous years before the last 24 months, there was, you know, there was there was quality across the front five. You know, you had Ozil, Cazorla, Ramsey, then Sanchez, then, you know, Sanchez, Giroud. You know, we, we can get by with, you know, well, say get by, it's unfair on Giroud. He's got 108 goals for the football club. So... But if a Bamiang yields forty or forty-five million pounds, then and they can go out and buy Edouard from from Celtic. I'm selling. I'm I'm being ruthless, and I, I think I think we need to replace the manager. So if I, so who do you replace him with? You know, you look at the, the managers that are being touted to be linked with Arsenal: Allegri, yeah, Thomas Tuchel, if that's pronounced his name correctly, mm-hmm. Brendan Rodgers. There's a lot of former players being linked with the club, but I I don't see that as a way to go. I think we'll be in exactly the same boat as what we're in now. You might get a bounce if you hired someone like Henri, but that'd only be a small bounce because of who it is. Yeah. And you'll be back to square one. I like the guy Nagelsmann. The Leipzig manager. Yeah. So I think you do need to look at that. And, you know, we talked about whether we like Edu. I like Ralph Ranić, who's the technical director or sporting director at Leipzig as well. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot of time for the way he works. I do think we need wholesale changes and there's only one, we have to have that wholesale changes. My uh, my good friend Tom, who's a regular listener, likes the guy 
John Piero Gasparini, who is the head coach at uh, Atalanta. And they have been mounting uh, quite a challenge, but I'm just not sure about the pace of football in Italy. But he he assures me that they're um, that he's got serious ability. Um, and uh, you know, there's obviously I mean, we haven't mentioned Brendan Rodgers, who no, I really which like. Would Brendan probably Rogers. be if I was wanting to have that quicker fix, he'd probably be my my chosen manager because I think I think he's attainable. You know, money talks in this world. Managing a side like Arsenal is a big job and it's a chance with real investment to get yourself moving up the league potentially. Well, he he must be thinking how much longer have I got out of Vardy and once he's gone, you know, um, the lad who came over from Manchester City, Iheanacho, you know, he didn't really clicked. So, I don't know. Um, I would love Brendan Rodgers. I really like his demeanour, I like what he's achieved in the game. I think he's got, he's a really good man-manager. I think he adapts to the way players play and builds a strategy around them instead of trying to play like this, which is what I think subsequently Arteta has done. And I think the reason why Emery was more successful than Arteta was because he adapted a, a legacy, a heritage that Wenger had set out amongst the players, you know, for, for such a long period of time. So, look, I think the manager's got to change. I think I think Edu, if he's going to stay, has to show his ability to be able to communicate with the wider world and just not sign players from Brazil. Yeah. I mean, we other than Gab- well, Gabriel is Brazilian, so he must have had a leg up there. William is Brazilian. Gabriel Martinelli is Brazilian. David Luiz is Brazilian. I, I'm Mary tra- is Spanish, but he come from Brazil. Yes, exactly, and played there. And and obviously he was known to Arteta as well from his uh, period at City before. Correct. So you know that feels a bit one trick ponyish, doesn't it? So who who do we sign? Who do we need to get into the club? Well, look, I've said to you before the obvious thing to do, and someone who knows the play that the club and for quick fixes is to re-register Urzel. I don't understand why everyone's so anti it. I think just about every pundit via. Jamie Carragher has said it's it's essential. I think from a footballing point of view, you would do it. Politically, it would be deemed a suicide to turn around and change that. I think actually, if they if they deregister a player who's been out of form for that whole period, then actually it shows a real position of gut. Yeah. If you were to deregister Willian for six months now and say, you've had six months and it didn't work, and unfortunately it's a like for like... Yeah. then you would sit there and say, well, I have to respect the ruthlessness, actually. You would respect if they did something like that. So but, I, I so, would... Uh, look, so Urzel's oh. attainable. I think I read somewhere that, you know, they're tar- like the Cronkies have told them to target other players in the Premier League because they are be able to be quick fixes. But players in the Premier League normally bring larger price tags. Well, you say that. Who knows what January the 1st brings? Well... Yes, and you've made this point a couple of times off air with me, and your point around this this Brexit situation actually is a fine point. Who knows how the dynamics, the the markets in finance world will change, and will players want to play in England? Will there be rules, regulations? Who knows? I would respect management decisions to go after some more proven Premier League players. You know I'm a keen fan of the of the guy Saha at Palace. I think he's a player that I would love to see play for Arsenal. Again, imperious form yesterday. He played brilliantly against Spurs. 
Yeah, he did. And obviously the week before with assists and goals. So he is in form. We know he, he is, he's, he's announced it on multiple platforms that he is an Arsenal fan from being a young boy. I think somewhere in that awar mould, we missed that player in the progressive eight. The- I'd like to see another centre-back. I'd love to see a new right-back. I th- I'd like to see a new central midfielder now. I- Midfield is where you have to look at improving this side. You know, I would I would go all out to try and get Sahar. I would then look at uh, someone like Husumwa. Uh, I believe there is a monetary crisis there, but I think PSG are looking at Awar as well. And they have money, you know, coming out of every orifice that is known to man. So if they went in for him, they would undoubtedly beat us to him. Yeah, you know, but a, a profile of a player in that mould and then another central midfielder similar to a party. I'd like to see a free of party, a war and one other. I would do something you said to me, and this is madness. I would test Liverpool's resolve with Wijnaldum. Yes. That's a, yeah, um, yes. I would test that because they have to either give him the contract he wants or he's adios. Yes. And he's got six months left in his deal, right? Yeah. I mean, we can't talk to him, but foreign clubs can. So he's going to have the likes of, I know, Barcelona. They were to sniffing, look. weren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would really test the result with at a substantial bid. 25 million. That's a lot to not lose six months later. Yeah. And he's obviously got to want to play. Now, the flip side is. Who wants to play for a team that are dwindling and suffocating and going in the wrong direction at the bottom of the Premier League? Yeah, but there's some teams that are down the bottom of the Premier League playing, like Fulham, bless them. They are playing as well as they can and dwindling down there. We are playing, we are averaging 0.25 goals in our last four games. (laughs) That's at home. Yeah. You know, how can Arsenal average less than... A quarter a goal a game at home. No, look, I, I, I know. I'm just, I'm just saying. So, look, there's many players that could come in and prove. I think what we've spelled out is that wholesale changes in the playing staff are absolutely essential. I'd like to see more captain-like players come in. I would like to see Louise reinstated at centre-back with Gabriel. I would like them to change the right-back, whether it be internal with, with, um, with Cedric getting a run of games in the side or or them bringing one in. Um, I think Tierney had a fine game, and and uh, and I know last week I kind of dispelled a few of my issues about some of the parts of his game, but I don't know whether he listened to it, but he kind of thought, fuck you, mate, um, and did the polar opposite in one this game. One of the game. things I love about Tierney is his attitude yeah. to the game of football, and his attitude has been good all time. He's, he's the model employee, isn't he? He's devout to his employer. I, I would... Oof. If you did move Aubameyang on in the January window, which isn't unrealistic. I think he, I, I think the way his demeanour is, is that I said this to you, I think, last week on the pod. I said, I think his team might silently say, we think our time's up. Yeah. We've signed a new deal. It's just not worked out for us. It works out for everyone, this one. They signed the new deal. That, add, that adds value to him because now he's not as approachable as what he would have been. The problem is, is that his goal scoring record to the window is dog. And people would turn around and say, you're 31, have you had your day? Form is temporary. Yeah, I agree. I'm just saying what some... Some people might come and negotiate and try and chip you 20% because of that reason. So, But I think if you did chip 20%, that's going to be still 30% what you would have made if you'd have not signed him up on a contract. Yeah. So, look, there's wholesale changes there. I'd have Tierney as my new captain, Arsenal. Okay. Because I would want a captain that I could have for a while. Louise would be a fine leader. 
Yeah, but he's he's got he's he's got a year he's left. Got five minutes left. Yeah, he's got six months. But left. I will I will I want to start re reintegrating the institution like levels that Arsenal Football Club used to have. We're we're not happy, James, are we? No, and I can buy into everything you've said there. I think... I'm despondent more than I'm angry right now. I'm really upset. Yeah, it is. It's just a bit of 2020 has been such a crap year. You've got left, right and centre stuff going on and on and on. And the government said when they brought back football that it was something to lift the nation. Fuck yeah, now. (laughs) It's not been. It's just, it's doing me more in. Yeah. But that is all our own undoing. I think the ownership need to grab the ball by the horns. They need to invest heavily. They need to show a position of strength. They need to say, this great football club is not meant to be at this position in the league. This algorithm is broken. And as chief technical um, advisor or code writer, I can absolutely give you the remit to sort of fast track it back to where it needs to be by installing or investing heavily into the team. Now, the one thing that will happen, obviously, is if Arsenal's position continues to dwindle, their TV access will go down. Adidas might look at their commercial deal because they're actually one of the, I think, if if not they are, the highest paid kit deal in the league at the moment. Liverpool and Nike's higher, but, you know, but they are very high priced. They're up there in the top four or five. Well, I think think you'll find it is top two then. If it's not top, it is is number two. Mm -hmm. And, um, And I think that those kind of guys start pouring pressure on saying, if you don't flip this shit around, like contractually, like you're, you're missing obligations and, and, and all of a sudden... Emirates Stadium becomes Arsenal Stadium. Yeah, and share price isn't actually as good as what it was. And all of a sudden, you're 150% on your money. is starting to just sink. Do you think money could be a reason why they might not change Arteta? Because obviously you'd have to pay him out of his contract. There'd yeah, be a lot what, of money there and th- there's no fans. Yeah, and how long was his contract? Three years, wasn't it, I think they gave him? So he's had a year, and I think he's on three million a year or something. So it's going to cost him six million quid. I mean, which is two months of Urzel, if you will. <laughs> well, whatever. But look, I, I don't think things like that can matter. And and if they do, it just shows actually how small fry we are. Because I think Mourinho cost United something like 30, 35 million to remove him. I think Mourinho has made more money from being sacked at his clubs than he has from managing them. Yeah. So look, you know. We look ahead now to Southampton. Bob, if you've got this Southampton game, are you are you making any changes to the lineup for this game? Well, luckily I've been forced into two, which has pleased me. Yes. I'd keep him the keeper. Leno's doing well. I think I might play three at the back. Okay. And if I am playing three at the back, I'm gonna go with Tierney, Gabrielle, and Mary. Okay. I'm giving him a game. So three left footed uh... Yeah, I don't care. Okay. I, want, I want three decent mid, three good defenders. Mm-hmm. And I believe they are good defenders. Sure. I'm going to play Saka at left wing back. Yeah. I'm going to play Maitland Niles at right wing back. Okay. You know, I'm bringing Pepe back in. Mm-hmm. Up front, I'm probably going to go Pepe, Enketia, Lacazette. That's okay. my front three, which yeah. has been provenly good in Europe. Yeah. And you two in the middle? Willock's one of them. Yeah. And El Nene. Okay, all right. I think that team could beat Southampton. Solid team. Yeah, if they if they assert themselves correctly, it's a it's a good team. But I'm bringing in players that are playing of a reasonable standard. I am playing in a style of football that I think Arteta has had better results from mm. than a four three three. Yeah, 
Well, look, for me, I'd play Leno. Uh, I'm going to go five at the back as well. I'm going to play Cedric at right wing back, David Luiz, Gabriel and Mari, and Tierney at left wing back. A midfield two of Maitland-Niles and Willock. And then a front three of Pepe, Lacazette and Saka. I, you know, I can't disagree with that as much as you agree with mine. Yeah. It's, it, they're two different ones. It's interesting we both changed our formation there. We're not getting the joy from it. I think we need to play... I mean, some of our best football in the Europa League has been with three at the back. Mm. When we've slated Arsenal playing three in the back at home against Dundalk, you know, they went out and scored a hatful. But Ketty has got to get a game. He's our top scorer in all competitions. Yeah, exactly. He's and got to start getting minutes. We've okay. both dropped the captain. Yeah. So Well, you've got another game at the weekend. So, you so know, you've, you've both got... dropped the captain. We know who you're going to give the armband to. And we probably know who I'm giving. I'm, I mean, I'm. I'm not, interesting enough, I wouldn't give the armband to uh, Tierney, even though I've touted him <laughs> as a future Arsenal captain. I would yeah. give it to Lacazette. Yeah, Lacazette. I think he's shown better leadership skills mm. on a Thursday night than what Aubameyang's doing at the weekend. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And it's not always about. I just think I want somebody. You know, the way he threw Xhaka to the floor was of somebody that wasn't. He didn't just push him away. Like, you know, that this get in the way of things. He threw him to the floor to say, just get out of this. Yeah, yeah. We are on top in this match and we will win. You've just cost us it. He shows ability, that's for sure. Well, look, Bob, let's see. We'll wrap this one up. Let's see what Saturday, Sunday brings. Or Wednesday. Even. What the fuck? Let's see what Wednesday brings. 48 hours time. Will Mikel still be intact when we meet again? Who knows? But I've been Jim. And I've been Bob. See you guys soon.